Hey, we are on Facebook Live at the moment, so I'd love for our listeners to join us there, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3, because in the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to be talking about hybrid teaching and learning. And to mull over this big topic, I'm really delighted to be joined on the program by Professor Susan Bridges, who is the Director of Centre for the Enhancement of Teaching and Learning. She's also a Professor of Practice at the Academic Unit of Social Contexts and Policies of Education at the Faculty of Education at the University of Hong Kong. Welcome to the program, Professor Bridges. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for the invitation. And for those of you who are on Facebook Live, welcome to our brand new professional development space that's trying out all of these ideas. This is very exciting indeed. Uh, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3 is the Facebook page because since we're talking about hybrid teaching, um, I think Professor Bridges has some demonstrations for, for our, our listeners and for our audience. So do hop over there. Um, before we see the demonstrations, uh, Professor Bridges, how would you sort of explain what exactly is hybrid teaching? Thanks, Noreen. So we have have seen in this in this period of campus closures and colleagues really upskilling and experimenting with all sorts of ways to reach our students as they haven't been able to meet them on campus we've seen something new evolve so for the last decade uh, we've very much talked about blended learning where we bring the digital together with the face-to-face -face classroom. And that's usually an on-campus experience. We have learning management systems. We have all sorts of um, collaborative uh, technologies that we bring into software, et cetera, that we bring into the classroom. But the hybrid approach is trying to capture all of these new kinds of spaces that we're working and learning in. And um, so we're trying to capture not just the digital, physical binary, but how these things become enmeshed with the social aspects of learning. As one colleague wrote, once upon a time, you would never as a university lecturer have expected someone's family member to walk into a lecture hall, right? It was a very private intellectual space. Um, now we have an open intellectual space where our students are Zooming from their homes and a family member might be in earshot or might walk through. Uh, even when we're having work meetings, the famous children barging into the work meetings. So we're disrupting the old office, home, learning space, home space, social space. We have many students who actually in that, in that period where we started opening a campus, they actually chose to go to a collaborative learning space like our beautiful Hong Kong U Learning Commons to zoom into the class at the same time that a teacher was teaching it, lecturing in a lecture hall, for example. So there are all these new ways of working and hybrid uh, teaching and learning is trying to capture these conceptually as well as pragmatically in the kinds of learning designs we are engaging in as university instructors. As educators, did you have to implement some new strategies to embrace this sort of new movement um, of hybrid teaching? Sure, sure. So um, we were, uh, we surveyed our colleagues as, as they were in very challenging space. Actually, in the educational literature, we talk about these phases of the COVID period. Um, the, the, the first being the emergency response phase, where we had Colleagues like Open Universities were very experienced in distance education. 
but you take most of the institutions in Hong Kong were face-to-face -face experiences. So our colleagues, many of whom had never taught in a distance environment before, had to suddenly redesign their courses and think about learning from this distance education perspective. So we picked up a lot of advice along the way from our open university colleagues around the world, but our colleagues at home were really experimenting with all sorts of exciting things. Luckily for us, um, the University Grants Committee uh, created a special fund for virtual teaching and learning, as they called it. And so uh, our centre and many individuals in the university have really expanded their practice by um, and taking advantage of these grants. I can, I can show you what we did with one space. Yeah, sure, please do. Um, I also, because uh, absolutely, because I think the pandemic really pushed hybrid learning or online teaching to the forefront, but it existed throughout the years, actually. I had uh, a few friends who did an MBA uh, through distance learning. So it's really just something that's been done before, but really pushed to the forefront in the last few years. And I'm really happy to see a lot of our educators have really embraced it. But that's not without its challenges, because we never learned via this method and and I can imagine uh, without prior, without a lot of practice it can be a bit daunting to engage the students in in, in this manner you don't know if they're really concentrating sure so engagement's that key word uh, so we've been really thinking about strategies to engage students to to design this sort of engagement you know one of our core university aims is critical intellectual inquiry so it's not about just someone sitting on a, on a Zoom with a PowerPoint reading a PowerPoint. Our, our whole university ethos is about critical intellectual inquiry, and that means engaging people in debate, discussion, dialogue, uh, and doing that in these new online meeting platforms. And remember, they were originally uh, devised for meetings, <laughs> so we've been retrofitting a lot of these kinds of uh, environments for teaching and learning. And so when we're thinking about learning spaces returning to campus, we don't want to lose what we learned, but we also want to address the challenges that that um, raised for us. And that's what we did in um, redesigning our professional development. I call it a, an imaginarium, a place where we can be flexible and creative and try different things. So I can see in the background that you, uh, right now you're in the Centre for the Enhancement of Teaching and Learning. It's a lab. Mm. Um, what's happening yeah. behind you at the moment, Professor Bridges? Oh, so one thing, in terms of disrupting these traditional binaries, we actually have a living green wall. So we're also in this space not just thinking about digital physical, we're thinking about how we bring outside realities into the inside. And colleagues really orient to that beautiful digital, uh, beautiful green wall. So behind me, my um, colleagues, Dr. Tris Key, uh, Mr. Um, Don Gonda, our instructional designer, have set up a task with some of our um, doctoral students and research assistants, and they're modeling this at the moment. What happened for us in designing this space was that we were thinking about some of the major challenges that these meeting platforms, which were not designed for, as learning platforms, these meeting platforms posed. One of the key issues was about how do we engage students in, in co-creation, in discussing and working together in these digital environments. So what we did was think about the Zoom person and the in-room person, so this hybridity. 
one of the failings of physical designs uh, that we've been scoping globally was that the Zoom person was always put on the periphery. They were either on the wall, on a bank of, <laughs> of um, you know, some really cool designs out there that all of our um, sister institutions have been playing around with. But actually, fundamentally, we want the Zoom person to be a central part of the group. So we <laughs> ended up designing this, this module. We call it a hybrid learning mobile desk console. So we actually had to fabricate the whole thing ourselves. It was kind of nuts for, a, <laughs> for us having to go into this architectural product design um, space. So we created the, the learning console so that in the centre of it, we have full engagement, excuse me. We also have a 360 camera. So that person who's on Zoom really feels like they're part of the group work. If Don just steps to the side a little bit, uh, we'll be able to see here's a Zoom group and we've got an online participant in the middle. We've got a view of the whole classroom setting and we've got the 360 view so that the people sitting at the desk can also see what the Zoom person's doing. Strategically, <laughs> so that's already a bit of a, I can see your eyes going, wow. <laughs> so I'm sorry for the colleagues who are, uh, for all of our listeners who are online, uh, it's very hard for me to try to also work in this hybrid environment of online Facebook Live and classroom. And radio, yes. <laughs> Yeah. So there's there's all of this. See how the hybridity means we're entangling and enmeshing all the time. So um, what we did with the room was okay. We created the mobile desk console. So now we can have groups working collaboratively um, and in really engaging. Now for the teacher uh, facilitating. So Dr. Tris Key is walking between our various groups here as they're working. Now Tris is wearing a uh, sensor that is linked to our infrared tracking camera in the room. So the Zoom person, that view we have of the room, that follows Dr. Key. So the Zoom person feels like they're not just looking at a TV, that they're immersed in the in this moving environment and they're involved with all that group work. Now, when Dr. Key is working across groups, uh, if she sees a group doing something very interesting, she might come up to that group and our 360 camera allows, sorry, all the wobble shakes, our 360 camera allows her to tap on it and become an intimate member of that group. So the Zoom person doesn't just get the room gaze, they will also have the teacher, the facilitator, joining the group to be part of that discussion. And that's very important. Now, what Dr. Key could also do as she's monitoring these group, this group work and facilitating these conversations is to say to a breakout group, wow, that's a great idea. Can I share that with everyone? She can click on a dongle at the table and that goes up on a large screen and it goes up on everyone else's screens. And she can say, okay, group three's got a really interesting idea going. Group three, please unmute yourselves and share with everybody. And so Catherine here might be the designated group uh, speaker and she'll, and then she'll share her ideas. So you can see how the teacher has to, or has to originally design, and we talk a lot about co-design, 
because we need instructional design people to co-design the technology and the learning design with the teacher. We need the IT infrastructure folk to be here as part of the process. So it's highly complex. It's not just walk in and orate as in our, our very old traditional didactic styles. So this is what we've been doing. One, of, one more challenge from those um, meeting room days, if I may. Uh, what we found was that our students were very engaged in the chat, the online chat, which is great. We would create breakout groups, but then the facilitator doesn't see all of that activity and they have to actually online in the virtual space jump from group to group. So one thing we did in this design was to be able to facilitate one screen so you can see we have actually five projectors all linked to the consoles with their own CPUs. And what we can do actually is show every group simultaneously on one screen. So at the glance of a panel, the facilitating um, academic can say, oh, okay, this group's, yeah, they're on track, they're on track. All right, I'm going to go and join this group because either something interesting is happening or they seem to be stuck. And getting stuck is a good part of the learning process, but how do you then facilitate pushing students through that getting stuck moment? So that's something quite unique to the space. Uh, and it was a great frustration for um, teachers. We would have multiple TAs involved, especially in large class teaching, um, multiple TAs working those spaces. But the, ultimately, the lead lecturer professor never got a full picture. Now we can do that. That's such a great idea as well, because I can see the frustration it would have on the on the teachers to not be able to monitor all the discussions and putting it in the online setting. That's that is a problem with breakout rooms that as a moderator or as the uh, as the professor, you, you're not able to be in every single breakout room. Uh, uh, but with your new technology, you're yeah. able to do that. Now, what's been the reaction so far? So there's the one part of the equation is hybrid teaching. And it sounds like a, a lot of your colleagues have embraced that what's been the other reaction what's it been like on the receiving end what do students say uh, and how are, how have they been sort of uh, taking the hybrid learning sure so um we're back we're back on campus <laughs> so for their undergrads uh, but if you think about um you know we are not fully open still. You know, we have many international students as an internationalised institution. Um, our mainland students, many of them have been still been unable to travel back. Um, the so so having the affordances available to them to not only interact one on one with with their teachers, but to be engaged in as I said, critical intellectual inquiry, whether it's undergrad right through to masters. Um, this, is, this is something that they can do in these spaces. So that's been a very positive part of the experience. I think um, one of the challenges coming out of this period has been that students are very text-based. So they're texting in the chats, they're texting in their, uh, their emailing sometimes, mainly, mainly they're using all sorts of other um, text-based communication rather than asking. The dialogue, right? Yes. So, so actually one thing that we really hope that this environment can foster are these dialogic approaches. Our colleagues in Cambridge talk about um, dialogic education with technologies. And that's something I personally very much have subscribed to over my 15 years here. 
So um, building students' ability to work in a hybrid team, actually one uh, scholar is talking about this as a new graduate attribute, okay, because remote working is becoming very much an, an, a, an employability issue. So uh, whether colleagues are demanding to be able to remote work remotely or in a hybrid mode, or whether it's simply easier for an international corporation to have hybrid environments. So how students learn to work in hybrid teams is actually starting to become um, a new graduate attribute and something employers are looking for. Yeah, it's a it's a sort of new skill that we we have to have because a lot of times we are working remotely and and you know um I want to turn to this last question, uh, Professor Bridges. We've got a, a few minutes left, which leads us quite nicely to interaction and learning, which I know is an area of your interest. Um, does this impact a students' sort of a, a level of interaction? You mentioned just now they they do a lot of text space, so a lot of it is that they like to email and, and text. Does it affect ultimately their face-to-face interaction because it comes down to that human connection it comes down to really talking to people face to face absolutely and and you know the social isolation that COVID the entire campus closure period um, has created uh, we've all yearned to be back on campus for very many many reasons right Um, our undergrads are predominantly uh, from high school Uh, we have a reasonably stable undergrad cohort because you know the majority are coming from local high schools whereas in other institutions around the world it's a it's a much more diverse you know age group people returning um, late in life etc so they're young people who want to meet other people who want to engage in clubs societies etc etc so the social part of our undergrad experience is important now you switch to places like our MBA, the social part of networking is very important for business colleagues as well. Mm-hmm. So being mm-hmm. able to create environments that allow that is important. I know I see you're running out of time. I will stop. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I was going to say absolutely that there, there is, um, but this is the future to have more technology uh, involved with learning. And that's a real testament for, for teachers, teaching other teachers as well, because that's what you do at your department to be able to get teachers to embrace uh, technology. Well, Professor Bridges, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for demonstrating for our listeners and for our audience. Remind our listeners once again, have you got a website? How can we find out more about um, your technology? Have you got a website? Absolutely. We've got um, at Hong Kong U CETL, and then we've got on that um, centre website, we've got the Learning Lab uh, on our homepage. So colleagues are most welcome. And, uh, you know, we, we've had interest from schools right through to other institutions locally and globally. We actually got cited as a case study for international practice from an American uh, synthesis. So we're at the cutting edge, which is very exciting, but it does mean a whole new set of practices that we're getting our heads around too. <laughs> Congratulations once again, Professor and I look forward to inviting you back on. Thank you so much for your sharing. And we've been talking to Professor Susan Bridges, who is the Director of Centre for the Enhancement of Teaching and Learning. She's also a Professor of Practice at the Academic Unit of Social Context and Policies of Education at the Faculty of Education at the University of Hong Kong. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. Marie.